0: As man said, don't ask me.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Too Much Information with Sean Arnold. I am Sean Arnold. Super excited today. Our guest is a friend of mine. Dare I say a legend? Ha! In radio in Atlanta,
0: the one and only Steve Barnes. Woohoo! What's, What's up, up, Sean? How are you? Good. I was just checking my Pokemon before we got started <laughs> to see what your- are there any.
1: Pokey points no. around. What are they called? <laughs> Pokey stop. <laughs> yeah.
0: While you were getting ready, tweaking your big, your big uh, music muscle over there. My I was eight, my
1: six and a half channel uh, mixing board. This is a nice
0: studio. Ocean view. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Hey, only the best for you. Only. The Did you best. like the green room? It is nice. <laughs> the stripper pole and all the vodka. It was. It was. It was
1: interesting. Oh. So here's. So I want to start with this, just because I think that life, the world, the universe is a funny, a funny place. Yep. <clears throat> because I was telling this story the other day to someone um, And we're obviously going to talk about 99X Because that's such a Really? Yeah So I, that's a shocker for you, I'm sure But um, the funny part is is I actually met you And I think I've told you this story before So when 99X went from Power 99 to
0: 99X October of 92 And the morning X started I was a
1: junior No, a senior in high school
0: The Morning X started in April of 94.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So I was in college. No, were you at the radio station before the Morning X started, or did you come in? Yes,
0: I did afternoons.
1: That's right. Yeah. So it wasn't. So it was when I was in high school. And we came down, me and a couple of my high school buddies, to Centennial Park. and Or it wasn't Centennial Park at the time, but it was that area down there. Obviously, that was pre-Olympics.
0: I can't remember what that was before it was Um,
1: there. You guys were doing some kind of a remote or something, and... um. You remember Kasingles? Yeah. You... The remote was closing down. And we had just been down there. It was some... And it wasn't a remote. Like, I think it might have been an outdoor festival or a concert or something was going on. And the 99X truck was there. And, of course, like, that was... Right about the time that all of that kind of music started to, was when I figured out that I liked real music and not like going from listening to like Top 40, like when I got into, you know, the Seattle thing and all that. So like for us at that age, like 99X coming in was transformational, right? To have a radio station that played what we felt was like the subversive You know, stuff that our parents wouldn't like, you know, kind of music.
0: Well, and that music had really just that wave had just started. Yeah. So kudos to them for switching from top forty.
1: Yeah, yeah. So but we were just so and your typical man, like be people on the radio might as well have been, you know, Clint Eastwood or you know, just Gosh, you, you don't not quite. But you know what I'm saying? Like you when you're that age, you just people you hear talking yeah, on your radio every day. It's yeah. like and we saw the truck and we wanted to run over and just meet anyone. And I didn't know anything about the business then, but it could have been like a producer or right. a promo guy. But you were, y'all were breaking down and you happened to be standing out by the back of the truck. And we were just like, are you whatever? And he's like, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm Barnes. And I was like, Oh God, you're the afternoons or whatever. And you're like, yeah, kid, here's some singles. <laughs> and you gave <laughs> us the sugar cubes. Cause single, really? Yeah. Then I think I'm still having a box Ka-single. somewhere. And you weren't a dick. I mean, you were just like, "Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely." You here's your little Timmy. Here's some. Here's some. Yeah. Some swag. And like, I came home. Like that thing was like a goal. It might as well have been a gold bar. I was like the guy from the radio station.
0: Barnes gave me this.
1: How Ka-single. weird
0: that years later I would introduce you to your wife. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like, and it's just so funny how it is you weird. Know, Small world. Because I was 17, right? I was. I was three or four months shy of turning 18. And And wow. um, I was down there with a couple of my high school buddies. And, like, it's just super random the way the universe works.
0: Yeah. I mean, then, then I mean, when did I have, uh, I, you were around how?
1: Who did you know that you were all of a sudden around a lot? So what happened was, was I was at Mercer, and I got to be friends with the Memory Dean guys. Right. Okay. And then... I started playing with them some and then I met Lanny and then I went out on the road, Leslie Frams, with the band. Husband. And then I was like, I'm going to go out on the road full time with the band. And so Lanny obviously had a huge say in that decision. Um, and I came back and he's just like, well, you need to, you don't know anything. Right. Cause the outside of just the occasional playing stuff, you know, I was, I basically was a tour manager. So he's like, you don't know any shit about the industry you need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, for like a, a a couple days a week for like a month, I would come in and just sit in the corner while you were doing the morning show.
0: I do not remember in that the studio. At all.
1: Well, yeah, because I was doing my best to like look like a.
0: But we had people every routinely in there. We had like stadium seats, yeah, around the outside. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. I got we used to do our, on Fridays. We had people come in and just hang out.
1: So I would just sit in there and listen. And then, like, I would get a little bit of time with Leslie, like, when she was taking meetings with ANR people, mm-hmm. same thing. Like, I'd just get in the corner of her office somewhere and just sit there and just listen That's to the funny. conversation she had with record label people to just sort of get my feet under yeah. me, like, with that world, um, which, again, was also, like, a super weird moment because I was still so – there was such a veil, a mystery yeah. to that the radio and that universe.
0: But I remember you around – I mean – I don't remember that specifically, but then I remember you and your bar.
1: Yeah, so then after, so what happened is after that, when Memory Dane broke up and all that went away, I went to work for Lanny. So that's when I was, so then that's when I started working with John Fay and Wes Yoakum, who um, has been a podcast guest. And um, then I was around all the time because I was actually helping him with his management. Right. And was all, you know, it's like, of course, like I got to come to every You know, I got creds for every big day out and every, you know, Leslie would always just take amazing care of me. Like if there was a show or you guys were doing some kind of Mm -hmm. VIP thing, like she would just let me come. There was no shortage of that stuff back then. It wasn't like I was getting paid anything really. So it's like, that was sort of my, you know, and then, yeah, then we bought the bar and I had the bar. What Hmm. was it called?
0: Robert's. Robert's and Buckhead. Yeah.
1: So, but then the, since you brought it up, the wife thing, which is even crazier, is well it,
0: uh, it was a was it John Faye playing at mehand me hands that's right and I invited you there no or you so, were there so
1: what happened is is you know I had worked I went on the road with John Faye when he was John Fay power trip right and um he wasn't touring his John Faye power trip at that time and I think actually I had left Lanny at that point and I was I had got a real job <laughs> and <laughs> um and then we opened the bar but John was coming in town, and actually that's when when John would come in town, he would stay with you. You know, he'd come in town, drop right. on Marta, come up to Brookhaven. Yep. <laughs> get yeah. Yeah, I he'd, remember that. Yeah. You'd grab him and he'd go. And um, and of course, at this point, we knew each other. You know, what I mean, and we had been, I'd been around you a million times, you know. You from, had a
0: house very near my house in Buckhead. Correct. Yeah. Well, I was
1: actually living in apartments. Um, well, oh, no, 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 no. I had a house over on Windsor Parkway.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: Um, God, we used to go eat at that Tasco. We used to kill that place. Um <laughs> You could walk there. I could go drink like four gallons of margaritas and stumble home. But this was the this was the
0: Dave FM era and Holly Furfur. Your it wife. was
1: the literally the beginning. So I want to say gig or something. this was one of, yeah, so it was like a camp sunshine fundraiser or something at
0: Mehands
1: and John Fay so you know, John would usually come in town and I think actually you might have hooked him up with that gig Yeah, he
0: pl- I said, Do you want to do this and you'll get some, you know, airplay and blah, blah, blah. Because he'd come in
1: and do these house shows that I think he made decent money, like, yeah. you know, Ross Albert and these guys would hire him to come do like living room shows. And then he'd usually do like living room show on a Friday or Saturday. I think you try to help hook him up with a gig for whichever off night, and then he would do the park tavern on Sunday night and then he would go back to Philly. Um so I just heard he was going to be here, and the way my weekend stacked out, it was the only time I was going to be able to go. So before, right before we opened the bar, because it was an early gig, because it was a station-sponsored like, charity Yeah, I thing. remember it being daylight. It was like 6, 5, yeah. thirty, six 6 o'clock. I was like, I'm just going to bounce over. We opened the bar at like 7. I'm going to say hey to John, and I'm going to go back, and we're going to get the bar open for the night. And I didn't know at the time that it was even a Dave FM event. I had obviously heard about the radio station, and I knew that it was... It had happened, because at this point, I honestly think y'all had only been on... This was November of 04 so how long had y'all been on the air?
0: Uh, we had a month.
1: Yeah, brand damn Maybe new.
0: two months. And when I walked into me
1: hands, I remember looking for John, and y'all had a little booth staked out, and it was you and Holly and Brian, that dude she was dating. Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. And some other radio station people. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, Barnes, right? And I was like, I'll go say hello. So I walked over and I was like, hey, what's up? And you're like, dude. And we just sort of did that thing. And he's like, did you ever meet my new co-host when she filled in for Leslie at 99X? Because a lot of people don't know. That's kind of how, right, isn't that how you got to met Holly or whatever? Because she would help.
0: Jimmy had met her somewhere. And then uh, probably holly a and jewish I, thing yeah that's right i forgot about that and then holly and i met at a sprint store i was doing something at a sprint store and she came to the store and we started talking and i was like hey you should you know when leslie's out you should fill in and you know holly will say yes to anything still and right and she and she, <laughs> she filled she in She married and, me and clearly. she was the go-to she'll say yes to. Anything. She, she's never said no to anyone you're lucky i mean that's how you got it <laughs> that's right She's getting
1: better at that. I've been trying I've only been working on it for 10 years now to tell her that no is a yeah. is a complete sentence. Um so you were like this is my new co-host Holly. Have, did you guys ever meet? And I was like no. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, wow, she's hot, you know, and like that's cool and we kind of chit-chatty and then I was like she's here with this dude. And um so, uh, I told everyone about the bar, you know, cause I am just typical, right? Like, I'm like, Hey, if you guys ever want to come by the bar and then like, honestly, selfishly, I'm like having radio people in the bar is never a bad idea. So if you guys ever want to stop by the bar, like, come on over, you know, I'll, you know, I'd love to, you know, buy you some drinks. Feed or... you liquor. Yeah. So nothing ever came of that. That was November. So then of Oh four. So February of Oh five, I cannot remember who I ran into. Um, it might have been Sarah Hanna or someone like that that was affiliated with the radio station or in the industry or something. And um, I mentioned I had met Holly and someone said, and I said, this girl, said, she's pretty hot, but she's dating some dude. And I was, she, got, the, whoever it was says, I don't think they're dating anymore. And ding, 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 ding. Right. Root, so root. I actually, and this is where I've thanked you before, but I'll thank you on the air. Is um, On the air. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, uh, dude, like eight hey, people will listen to this. I love it. Um, I went because I couldn't find, and I don't know, I'm Such a, this is why, guys, it's amazing that we ever, like, your wife is amazing. Like, it's amazing we ever land with these women because we can be such buffoons yeah. sometimes. I <laughs> Confirmed. I don't know why I didn't just call you and say, because I had your number, like, I don't just call yeah. you and ask. I went to the Dave FM website and clicked on the email Holly button. <laughs> Which takes you to like a, it's not even an email, yeah. you get a form. Yeah. And I filled it out and was basically just like, we met a while back. You know, I mentioned the bar. You know, I'd still love for you guys to come by. I hope all's going well with the show. It sounds great. You know, just a typical like I list, I'm a listener, you know, hope you're having fun, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out after the fact, because she emailed me back and then we started this exchange. But I found out after the fact, when she got the email, she immediately goes to you and says, Hey, is this that guy from hands that your friend <laughs> this guy and she said uh and you go yeah and you were like what's the deal and she goes it's funny because this is how i knew that it was a possibility because Barnes doesn't really generally like anyone <laughs> when it comes to me. You know what i'm saying like cuz she would bring up other guys she would meet, and you were kind of protective of her. No, I would just give her the what I thought <laughs> was the story, like. So, or maybe she just was always around douchey guys. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Um, so anyway, so you're like, yeah, Sean's a cool. He's a he's a he's a good dude. You should definitely email him back. Nice. And so, and so that's when we started emailing, and then when I confirmed via email that
0: Brian was out of the picture, I asked her out. I do remember mornings like that though, when she would go through, because she had a dating phase that was for sure. You Know and this was pre match.com and pre whatever. <laughs> she she would get these emails or she'd meet, and they're always like one date, you know what I mean? Like it was never anything, yeah. But it was funny. She would be like, Who is this guy? This guy, and that's all she would do between songs. People wonder what happens <laughs> at a radio station. She's going through emails and like doing stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so- it, it was the Barnes and Furfer show but Furfer was kind of riding in the sidecar with her <laughs> with her computer and you know planning her her day. Yeah, sure. So anyway, so
1: you know and then we went the uh, first date we went to see Tori Amos at um like how emasculated can you get your yeah, first date really? to Tori Amos concert at like the Woodruff Art Center. So we met at Shout because Colony Square. Yep. because that's where the studio was. That was a cool spot. And uh <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah, walked across the way to The show and then five months later we got engaged. And then also I think you guys were the first people to come see us after we got engaged. And like (laughs) come see you where? Here. Remember because I proposed the day we closed on the house. Oh. And I told you like there's we're gonna I want people to come over around eight if they want. You know, I'm gonna there's no furniture, but I'm gonna get some stash, some booze, and oh yeah, yeah. just to celebrate because I had told you in advance and it was so funny because I remember. And I give you mad credit for this Because when I told you about it You're like you have to tell me Because this has got to be part Like we have to work this in Right to the show And um, and I was like you know I'm not saying we were going to work on your But this is going to be a big part of the show Because it's about our lives Right, right. so if she gets engaged It's going to be a thing So just be prepared So then Bar- she called her mom This is seriously the order She called her mom and dad She called Peg and then she called you.
0: That's funny. When
1: we got whatever, and literally the first thing she said was, "She's was like, I'm engaged. Do I need to think have anything ready for the show tomorrow?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and the and you when you got married, ironically, the week you got married, they canceled our show. Yeah, exactly. Like writers we were
1: leaving for your wedding
0: a year after that, so
1: it was a year later.
0: Okay. Yeah. That um, was funny. And and poor Holly had to stay there and read the news for like a year.
1: Yeah. Well, but. It wasn't quite the Dave FM scholarship program that you were on, but it was pretty God good. God bless CBS. <laughs> that was the
0: best ever.
1: Because you just basically had like the two-year contract ride out, didn't you, where they had yeah, to pay you
0: out? Well, and because they, CBS had screwed Moby over several years before and made him do traffic when they got rid of his morning show. And, and they were revolving. They didn't know what they wanted to do. And so when we went, towards the end of the morning, X, and they came and they were pitching me to come to CBS because they were going to create something new. But at that point, I had no idea what it was going to be called. I didn't even know what – I knew nothing. And then they said, who do you want to have as a co-host? And I pretty much had an open ticket, and I said, Holly Ferfer, no-brainer. And then – so two years to the day was the Wednesday before leaving for your wedding. So we're all, like, in a good mood, and they pop in. They're like, hey – um." Can we talk to you for a second? And we we talked, and they said, we're paying you out. Have a nice day. We're not going to have a morning show anymore. And then Holly goes in, and they're like, yeah, you're going to read news. And my contract, because of Moby, and thanks to him, was ironclad. I made sure.
1: They can't move you to some other thing.
0: And the only thing I could do was television, and I got cast on Prison Break the next week. Oh, that's right. Which was a great double F you back. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting a check from cbs and from fox yeah it was beautiful yeah because
1: yeah because i think after it's
0: then, too bad because that station had they have the best signal in town oh so i mean and they changed it up so much it could never get momentum but we actually were top five 25 so why are you screwing with the show i i don't know
1: I mean, which, they just, which by the way was air that was never seen again no. On that
0: radio station No, it was unreal but, but you know, the, the, there were nice people there And I think that just the corporate, you know, the whole corporate thing is what
1: Well, radio in general is one of those businesses to me that As a business person, right, which is kind of my primary thing Looking at it from the outside, it's like It, it seems like the anomaly in the radio stations I've seen And, you know, CBS was that if somebody fucks up so bad, they fail up. Like they, they it's like they yeah. don't do well, and they put them in a bigger job. I mean, it just seems like the weirdest circumstance where someone would be like, "Oh, you can't be a PD. We'll make you a regional yeah. PD." <laughs> I
0: mean, radio has has really gone to hell, suffering from the conglomeration. So I mean, yeah. and that's and I think it's actually starting to spin back the other way. I'm hearing some of the big companies are giving more autonomy to local. Programming people as opposed to it coming out of one office, which is huge. I miss radio. I'm not gonna lie. I've had a great career from that, and I always have had other things going on. So that was never my. But I mean, it. I started in high school. I mean, I started when I was 15. Yeah. So that was in Corpus Christi, right? Yeah. So and, that- and I lo- I would go back in a minute if the money was still there. Right. That was there before, and I had offers to go. I was in Chicago interviewing and LA interviewing. It was a different beast though, because social was coming around, media, and, and and they no radio companies were adapting, and I just felt that man the ad dollars were going gone, gone, gone.
1: Well, I never understood, and this may get a little inside the bellway, but again, nobody's listening.
0: Um, it,
1: yeah, hey, it's Barnes and Sean. <laughs> echo, echo, cricket, cricket. Yeah. But it, it seemed to me, especially as the digital age started to really happen, and you know people could get to stuff. Quickly, iPods. Yeah. Um, that the whole competitive advantage to local stations was the live and local bit, right? Like the idea of you have personalities. Yeah, but they that, went the other way. I know. And they went to this, like, we're going to pre-program it all. There's going to be no content other than yeah. just song intros and stuff. And I'm like, baffling. Wait a, like, wait a second. You're trying to compete with people effectively being able to program their own radio yeah. station. right? It's baffling. Like, like, I can build a playlist on my iPod. But it's like, I can't listen to a bit about Holly getting married or I can't listen you know a story well, there's no about, connection I right mean,
0: they, they stripped all of that
1: but it's like well why would you take that out that's the one thing that makes it endearing and makes you have like ownership you know the thing going back to 99X which there's a whole lot of reasons why I think 99X was so transformative as a radio station um, and the Morning X particularly as a morning show um, and why it was one of if not the best alternative morning show in the country oh thank you was that it was, it was, it craft, you crafted your own identity, right? And you had the ability to sort of do what you wanted. And then people felt like they were part of the, it really is. I mean, I hate to say like theater of the mind, but you know, I felt like people really took a lot of ownership. Like I still will meet people that are not in the business at all. And remember we meet them now, like 10 years later and they will quote and tell us things about our wedding because that became it's crazy. Like, you know, the thing about open bar or not? Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of the things that you guys did as an argument, right? Yeah. Which is just a you're going to take, you know, we're going to take sides and let's let, let the phones go yeah. and let people talk. Topics like
0: that, people go crazy for.
1: But, like, t- t- I'm talking about now. But 10, that's life. I, I mean, know. yeah. Ten years later people come up to me and be like, Oh my God, that time y'all were arguing about open bar and Holly wanted a cash bar and you're like, Fuck that, you're I'm not paying for all those people to count. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, We had the same fight in our house and you know, but again, like but that's th- the
0: thing, is the relatability that went away with radio. Yeah. It's though it's those type of topics that you know are gonna work because people grasp to stuff like that. So you put in that cocktail someone you know, so local, you talk about things that people are talking about. And you kind of mix it all together. I mean, it's it's not the same anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's why you still have, like, sports talk and those kinds of things. Because you can't, you can't, everybody could listen to Mike and Mike. But it's not like somebody from one of the stations that's talking about the Falcons. And it's here in the marketplace and goes to the things at Flowery Branch. Right. And goes to whatever. And it's just a different level. And I just, I don't know. I mean, again. Hopefully it goes back.
0: I mean, I feel like it's trying to. But the talent pool is not very deep now right because no they weren't letting anyone do it everyone yeah hit the road i mean the clear channels of the world were saying you talk six seconds yeah it's so stupid you know i would hear stories where they're like yeah you you say you know these eight words and then that's it
1: well and again like back to the morning x like that was what was so amazing and i I don't know i feel like the proportions were probably screwed up in my mind but that show was so much content. you guys did tons of content Right, like that wasn't music. I felt like.
0: Well, it wasn't yes, and it wasn't planned. It wasn't like we had a show and said, Okay, in this hour <laughs> we're gonna talk six minutes and play if it was hot and I was the one driving the bus, if I felt like it had momentum, we would keep it going. We would go an hour if if it had momentum. But if it was sucking and not you can just tell, then we would find a clever way to get out of it and just move on. But still played enough music to
1: break, like eight thousand. Ar- you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, to we play played, new music and
0: four to six songs an hour, which is a lot actually to still have that much content. Pro- sometimes three to four, but sometimes you you know short songs. You got lit, and so you you know <laughs> right. my own worst enemy. So you two, can play two that hours and two and minutes. Ten minutes, yeah,
1: yeah, or two hours, two minutes, and yeah. ten seconds. I'll never forget the one. What was the one <laughs> you? Jimmy was traveling somewhere, and you guys caught the practical jokes. That was, to me, one of the greatest. We did those
0: back and forth, and it was like, I cannot not have the last word. Was it
1: the one where you told him that he had allergies, and you had him take all the
0: sheets? No, he did that to me. Oh. I went to Hawaii on a vacation. A guy's trip. Two buddies. Steve Burrow that owns Food 101 and all those. um, Well, and hands, because that's where we were. hands, yeah. And one of his buddies. And we got there. And all the shit was taken out of the room. So we walk in the room. There's three guys. I mean, we were what, twenty-six? Three guys staying in this one room at the Hyatt Conapali. I remember it. We walk in, all the sheets are gone, the blankets are gone, the pillowcases are gone, everything that's cloth <laughs> is out of the you room. Have,
1: like, a cotton like, what the or something? fuck is going on? So
0: I, I called down, they're like, Yes, Mr. Barnes, um, you you had called earlier and said you had a dust mite allergy and that you brought your own coverings and i'm like you know what jimmy baron is a dead man <laughs> and that started the i mean i got him i think way worse multiple times than than that yeah the, from that I- point on i started putting a safety name
1: oh so
0: he couldn't do that anymore.
1: You're like, I'm Pocahontas. I'll I just check come up in. With, it. I'd be like, put my put my shit private, please, because I have a
0: obnoxious coworker that's going to probably call and try and, and mess stuff up. No, I got him. I sent a, a male prostitute to his room in New Orleans <laughs> at a big radio convention he went to. I had all of his shit move from one room to another room when he was in England for something.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So while he was out. I had him. I call them and said, "Look, um, I need. To, I really need to move rooms. I'm not digging this room. So just move all my shit, and I'll come get a key later." <laughs> but there were a ton of those. But yeah, but it, you know, again,
1: it was the the freedom, right? To total freedom.
0: We we would dream that stuff up sometimes a day before, sometimes five minutes before.
1: Did you get a sense for this? Is this question is going to sound like it's super like self serving? Um, for you. To me or you? To oh. you.
0: Oh, good. Well, then ask it. By um, means?
1: Do you think you get, I mean, because again, like, I feel like, and maybe because it was me, you know, my age and the circumstance mm-hmm. and all that, that radio was really important to me. Like, when you guys were doing, because you came over, and the funny thing is, too, is I think, I don't know what people think. I, I know people that think this, that You know, you were in a major market on a humongous station and you were still pretty darn young when you got over here, but you had been in radio for
0: quite a while. 10 years. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So
1: so you were 24, 25 when you came over?
0: I I think I was 24. Yeah. Did you have a sense for. I was, I was in Kansas City prior for two years, so it yeah, wasn't like I came from a small Because you did Corpus station.
1: Christi, and then you did Austin, mm-hmm. and then you came back to Corpus Christi for a minute. Six months for a morning show. And then Kansas City?
0: Kansas City, yep. I was music director, and I did Nights, and it was one of the first stations to do Alternative. Mm. And, and that's why I ended up at 99X. Well, how
1: did, who found you?
0: I threw out some tapes when my station was going to flip to country, tapes, because back then, you know, cause singles. I threw them out, and they had just um, started the process of flipping Power 99 to become an alternative station, and I was already doing what they wanted to do here in Kansas City. Of all places, Kansas City, the middle of the Midwest, Right, and so it was just kind of a no-brainer. But a pretty good rock town, Kansas City. Yeah, definitely a rock town, but it's just weird to think that Alternative, that was one of the first stations besides in San Diego. It was the same company that owned the San Diego station um, that was all Alternative. So that's how the 99X thing happened.
1: Yeah, so the self-serving part is that, I mean, 99X to me really was a cultural phenomenon. Totally. Perfect storm of a lot of things. For the city. But like, did you guys have a sense of what it was becoming? Or were you just sort of doing what you do, and then one day you looked around and you were like, what have we done here?
0: I'll let you in on a little secret. 99X, I mean, it almost died there was a time when it, it just wasn't catching on a, a fast enough i think for susquehanna who owned it at the time to think and this is before the morning X, this was like i was doing afternoons i think that they felt like there wasn't enough money coming in there wasn't like is this really is this music really going to be something this is like 93 probably and so at that point it was also new to everybody and then just the metro mount concert was a very pivotal moment. Mm. The one we did at Stone Mountain, it was the beginning of an experiential type thing, and that was light years ahead of, before anyone was were uttering those words. And that thing was such a massive success, and then it just seemed to start snowballing. So it it you had a very um, aggressive group, like from the marketing, was major aggressive. The GM, Mark Renier, was very mm-hmm. into trying things. You had one of the best air staffs across the board from any radio station in the country. And and kudos to all of them. Will Pendarvis was so unique and special. Steve Craig was great, who is still here yeah. at uh, the River. And Sean Demery, who is quirky as hell and one of the nicest guys ever. And Leslie Fram. And you know you had, magically, all these people on the roster who stayed there a long time so that station with all the innovative promotions and all the cool concerts we created and we just created shit it was like we would sit in a meeting and go what are we going to do cuz you start getting the power to be able to do that stuff and you get Leslie Fram just get on the phone and call fucking Bono tell him to get on the show you know i mean it was right. it, it, it was strange yeah. how and and she was the queen of networking so she had she knew everybody and still does i mean yeah. she's at CMT now in Nashville but um, with our old boss, who really f- created the morning X, Brian Brian Phillips. Phillips, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sat at the um, place that's a uh, Nava in Buckhead. Went to lunch with Brian Phillips, and he said, "I want to do this show, and I want to flip you from afternoons, and I want you know we're going to make this morning show. What do you think?" And at that point, they were wrote, They didn't know what they were going to do in the morning. I think Sean had been in there for a little mm-hmm. while after Rick Stacy left, and then they brought Jimmy in, but he was supposed to be off, Mike. Um, just kind of a producer. And
1: Leslie was the PD at that point? Already? I don't know if she
0: was yet. Or the MD. Maybe like the assistant program director. I don't remember or, exactly. Because I became... think her and Sean shared like music duties. Probably. Yeah. She became PD pretty soon after that. I just remember Shotgun Sean. No, she was PD after Brian left, because Brian was PD. Oh, okay. I just remember Shotgun Sean from the Power 99. From days. Power 99. <laughs> but all that, I mean, so to answer your question, yeah, that perfect storm, it, it hit and it was explosive. And so it just became you know for 10 8 years it was crazy and then the decline i think started in the early 2000s
1: yeah i just remember there was a time and probably because i went through it and then i was kind of in it you know sort of as a satellite a little because yep. of the landing connection but like i just you know it's like freeloader cards and everybody had a 99x sticker on their thing and everybody wanted to get the next live xcd yeah. and every i mean nuts. it was
0: it was just psycho at freeloader card number 1 Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can find that thing. Uh, yeah. When they when they started it. I mean, all that the big shirt. I mean, that became like <laughs> to get a big shirt was like a big deal. Yeah, and it's
1: what a $2 t-shirt or whatever. So I would
0: keep them in my trunk of whatever <laughs> car I had that week. And and anywhere you went, you just knew that there was going to be a request for a big shirt. Right. Who, who calls it the Big Shirt? I mean, that was the weirdest. <laughs> I mean, a 99X Big Shirt. <laughs> okay. it just, Shit like that just
1: stuck. Yeah, I mean, it got to a point, too, where, you know, I think just like anything, it's like almost the stuff was brilliant. But then once you establish sort of that track record of things being brilliant, like almost anything you did, people were going to wrap their arms around. It
0: was it, There were good times. I mean, so...
1: Yeah, and then too, like with the talent, it's funny because even that when you started to get phasing out, it's like even when new people came in, it's like because then Axel came in.
0: Yeah, Axel was already there as an intern. But I mean,
1: he started doing afternoons. Yeah, and he was great. Yeah, Axel did a great job. And then um, he's in
0: Cincinnati now.
1: And Fred Toucher comes in doing nights, and now he's one of the biggest sports DJs in the country. And with Rich in Boston, yeah, him and Rich. Rich was an intern, wasn't he? Yep. I mean, and now they're on Eei or. I like, don't even know, but you know they've got. I've seen write ups on them in like huge national magazines because they're doing so well up there. But you know there was a, and I don't think there's anyone else. I mean that no. Well, the lineup was pretty static after I think after Sean left because he got a job out in San Francisco or something.
0: He's moved around now. He's in Portland at a legendary AAA station called uh, Kink. Oh wow, Kink in Portland. If that sounds right, I think that's it.
1: And Penn Darvis went to New York, is that right?
0: Now he's in LA at Sirius. He had oh, his own okay. channel at Sirius for a while and I don't I haven't spoken to Will in a long time. I, I don't know what if he's programming out there or if he's still on the air. I don't have Sirius, so I don't know.
1: But yeah, man, it just was like it's still, I mean, the, everyone still knows 99X. I mean, even in the, you know, it's been a little while. I get
0: people that you would think that I just got off the air at 10 that go, you know, remember the time you kicked Clark Howard's ass? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just the strangest thing. And I'm like, you know, that was a bit. And they're like, oh, it was? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll see Clark at Yaburger in Midtown all, often. And not lately, but for a while, all the time. And he and we would laugh about that.
1: God, that's just, He's I mean, such a
0: character. But all those people who've gone on to be huge stars, I mean, look at what's his name on Fox News, who we sw- switch shows with, Um, Hannity. Oh yeah. For April Fools prank. <laughs> That's right. I mean, all all that crazy stuff. I mean, it was it, it was good. And and the craziest thing, I listen to 99X now. The signal is 1/1000th one, one of what it used to be, but they're playing kick-ass music. It's on 989. So when I'm in town, I listen all the time. Mm. I think whoever, I don't know the programmer, but he's doing a great job. There's no people on the air.
1: Yeah. I've kind of turned into the get off my lawn. Like, I I, I feel like at some point I hit the, like, I put the new music firewall up and I just listen to old stuff I like.
0: (laughs) Um, I listen to it a lot. I like it. But But I uh, listen to my, I mean, I listen to Apple Music a lot too.
1: I just sort of think wait until someone says to me, you need to watch so and so, right? Or you need to check this out. Yeah. I'm pretty bad. And I listen to, well, podcasts. I listen to lots of podcasts. I mean, so, you know, I'm invariably in the car listening to somebody talk about your stuff. own or other, <laughs> yes. uh, other people's. I just drive
0: around listening to myself too much information. I'm Sean. <laughs>
1: um, Did there was the. I mean, I'm assuming it's like any sort of working relationship, like there were ups and downs, like were you guys pretty, pretty. Copacetic with one another for the whole run. Or? Leslie and Jimmy? No, everyone. Like all you, you three. I can't recall. Uh, wait, us? Three. Like you, you Leslie and Jimmy as a unit. Like was it?
0: You know. You know, it's like it's like a brother and sister. You spend so much time with someone. Of course, you're going to have you know ups and downs. But there wasn't anything super dramatic. Yeah. I mean there were there weren't times where like people aren't talking to each other. I yeah. mean Jimmy and I would butt heads creatively a lot on stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know we were we were younger. I mean, I was the youngest of the three of them, and at the time, um, you know, I probably had a hotter head than than I would now. But also, too, personality-wise, it's
1: funny to think about that because you know, Jimmy would not be any different. Exactly.
0: I mean, that's what I mean. That, and I, I still see Jimmy like every. It's it's freaking like um, life imitating art. It's like Seinfeld. <laughs> we meet in the freaking booth at uh, Goldberg's, <laughs> and and just like. Here he is in his suit, you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, dude, how do you do that? Because he's in real estate. Um, but, yeah, we I see him all the time. And Leslie doesn't live here. Right. Because
1: um, one of the things, too, that I've always – I don't even think I've ever even asked you about this personally. And I only say this because I get this question from time to time.
0: What's funny is you've never asked me about any of this stuff. <laughs>
1: Which is good, you saved it for your podcast. Right, yeah, no. Well, I think too, most of the time, it's like, we don't get to hang out a ton just because our schedules yeah. are so crazy, and it's like, the last thing- But it's thing funny, wanna,
0: you've never asked me one of these questions. I want to be before. like, you
1: remember, I feel like Chris Farley, when he's, t- like, remember that uh, time you are in the yeah. Beatles? <laughs> like on the Paul McCartney skit, you know, when he's just asking them the stupidest yeah. questions ever? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I think people understand that part of that is that people do play characters, right? Totally. And, but you obviously know this. Like, somehow along the way, you sort of got the mantle of, like, the dick.
0: Totally. But
1: that was by design. And But, like, does that bug? Like, because people, I still have people that don't know you at all, that it'll come up, like, what did you do this weekend? And I'm like, oh, me and Holly went and had dinner with Barnes and Heather. And they're like, Barnes from nine x This guy's a dick, isn't he? <laughs>
0: And um I love it. <laughs> I mean I, I I love to play that character. Yeah. I mean that y- you can't just be vanilla. This is pearl jam. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean it just that the different personalities is what may I mean Leslie was Switzerland. Yes. And Jimmy was the irritant. Yeah. He was the <laughs> nagging. Right. You know, and and I would just uh Fuck this. You, yeah. know, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was completely what made the show work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is how you know it's a podcast, too, because the dog, dog you hear part, in the
0: background yeah. is my dog losing his mine. No, but it doesn't bother me because I know – I mean, the people that I know that, that know me know that, that that's not who I am. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not – I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and list reasons why you shouldn't <laughs> think a certain way. But if I know you, you know that. Yeah. And I can see where if you don't, you don't know that.
1: Yeah. I guess just for me, I mean,
0: you know, nobody knows me from Adam's house
1: cat. Like, so, but I guess I'm just trying to put me in this, put myself in the situation of going that idea of like, even, of, even when you're on the show, like if you walk in a place and there's a total stranger that's at the booth across and been like, I think that guy's a prick.
0: You know, the, think about how many people you're touching in that scenario. Like, how many people. You know sure are and and when you say stuff to agitate people, which is how you get ratings, right? Hello, exactly. Um, there are going to be people that get pissed off now. Some of them may hold a grudge longer, um, than others, and some may be like, Oh, he's just smart off," because that's all it was was smart enough, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I made a living. As Monica Kaufman said, you make a living being a smart ass. <laughs> when she interviewed us for her like Channel 2 thing.
1: Oh, yeah, where they came in the studio in the morning. And we went
0: down like- to her. She did like one of her close-ups oh, okay. on us. And she was like, you make a living and a darn good living being <laughs> a smart. She said, smart Alec," And I said, yeah, isn't that great? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It's a good gig if you can get it.
0: But 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 with that comes that, which you've got to have thick skin to, to yeah. go, you know what? I, I own it. I don't. I don't. But if you talk to me beyond that, it's a different thing.
1: Yeah, and I think too. Again, radio is such a crazy phenomenon in general, or at least it used to be. I don't know if it is anymore because you know Holly, which is still a crazy, you know, a crazy thing that happens. You know, she was on CNN for fifteen years before. Yeah, she did radio with doing you
0: headlines. So prime. I mean, she was in prime, and spot. she was
1: anchoring and doing yeah. stuff like that, and then took a. Five year break You know basically And did Barnes and Furfer And then did the Atlantic Company stuff Because she could still Do TV that way Without you know Still doing while still doing radio mm-hmm. And then Of course after that All bottomed out um, Back to CNN But People <laughs> People still First of all People still come up to her Like you're talking about Like characters And I guess to a degree Holly's personality On the air Was a lot like Her Bubbly. personality yeah, yeah Like in real life But you know People It's weird Like and it always is on a plane, and you know how it happens: is they'll hear her talking to me, and the voice will set off bells because <laughs> she has a she has a pretty recognizable yeah. voice. It's that sort of raspy. It sounds like she's a smoker, but she's not. You know, kind of voice. Yeah. Um, and they turn around, but it's it's like the opposite of what we're talking about with you. Like they almost like her, even though they don't know her, because she just had that.
0: That was her character. Well, her job wasn't to to. Cause waves Right <laughs> I mean it was not And then there was Two of us Instead of three of us Really Right And so yeah You can't just have Two of the same people You can't have Vanilla, vanilla, and vanilla Right It never I work. mean it just doesn't Yeah a lot of people Don't understand that Some people do Some people get it And it's like Wink wink You know It's like Yeah it's like, it's a,
1: there's a little bit of suspension of, but almost the like the fact that they don't know is why people get super vested.
0: I you, mean, if but every, that's what you you want them to get right. all fired up. Yeah, I mean that those I mean that makes your day. But then you got to get off the air and go on with your life, and then you you kind of will get people that'll kind of be really quiet around you and be like, <laughs> "Damn, what's he gonna say?" Like, right? And it's like it's a switch. Like I would leave there and be. Like off in another world. But when when it came six o'clock, you get back into the aggressive character and you're I mean, it is what it is. That's how you make it work. Yeah. I mean, but and
1: that's sort of my response. I'm like, when people say, I'm like, wait, do you have you ever interacted with him at all? Like, do you know? Like, why are you? And they're like, No. And I'm like, dude, he's not.
0: That's funny. Thanks for getting my bag. But you You know what
1: I'm saying? Like, it's just like it's but it's just a it's such a fascinating. People just add little bits, and then they just paint their own picture and fill in the gaps they their own paint. You know what I mean?
0: But in some cases, you'll have people that are a pain in the ass, and I definitely have no patience for. (laughs) I mean, for something like that, like you get someone who would drive around town to every single radio station's event, so they could get get free free shit. shit. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? And like that would just bother me. Yeah. Just because it's like you're taking advantage. I don't like to have, I don't like people to be taken advantage of, period. Yeah. And to me, that like was just such an obnoxious thing that I would definitely have a short fuse. But then they would tell 10 people, he was mean to me. And I'm like, right. Here, you just got a thimble. Congratulations, (laughs) you won a 99X thimble and you don't get to win anything for 60 days. Right. (laughs) And no one else would do that. And I'm like, fuck someone's got to do it <laughs> What? Who? What, you know whatever
1: so the other thing is which i want after the fact so I feel like i'm a barbara walters like uh you're like the barbara walters i'm not gonna try the, and make you cry yeah um <laughs> so later there was a thing after all this and i've always want to ask about it because you obviously had the you know I feel like you've done all kinds of media stuff. I mean, just because you're like I mean, I know you're in all that and you did you acted and then you um have made movies and you know done whatever, but there was the thing with no witness
0: mm-hmm.
1: where Fred I can't remember if I remember this right, you were gone from 99X at that point. I was a Dave FM. They they took a cut of the movie they so bought you, it at Best Buy. So you and again, just think Supposedly. about the context. You went out and I want to say either you self-funded a lot of it and then found whatever found investors. It was strictly made
0: and we and we got beaten up for that. Like, oh, this is shit that it was based on a comic book and it was made for Europe international audience. It was not made like to be a blockbuster. Yeah, but wait, wait a second. Hold on.
1: Which is fine and if you want to but
0: No, I'm saying it was there that was a very specific thing.
1: No, but the point I was going to make is is you went and made a fucking movie right because you wanted to like right. this is one of those things that makes me crazy so okay so the podcast I'm not gonna say anything but I've had people that have just given unsolicited sort of feedback mm-hmm. that have listened to this um which I'm fine with like like you know you even called me and I appreciate this like after the first one came out and you're like, hey, I got notes are you interested? You know, well, like I said,
0: do you I, I have some things that can help you. Yeah. Do you want it if if you I'm not offended if you don't.
1: Yeah, but I know you. I trust you. I know your background. It's the same thing when my wife listens to these. Oh God. And sits I can't me imagine. and sits me down and says, I want to hear that. Well, but here's the thing. Like, because of Holly's what I think people don't understand sometimes about Holly is because they don't see it, is she's um like her radio personality was one thing, but She's a professional interviewer. She's a professional journalist. Yeah. She's kind of a
0: badass. Like, well, that's I why I'd like to see her like instructing you. I'd yeah. love to see that.
1: I mean, you know, and I don't know that people, because it's it different. You know, her job now is different than when she was doing radio. Right. And she's a badass, right? She's really good at what she does. And, you know, just talking about conversation flow and, you know, eh, this was weird and kind of Right here, they said something. It sounded like you weren't listening because that would have been a great point that you should have expanded on that mm-hmm. instead of just moved on. And she's real good about it. so people like that. Like I love that because I don't. I'm learning as I go with this, right? Like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I'm just using it's on it's instincts. Right. I'm glad now. you're doing it. It's fun. But, I mean, but, it's a but great the, outlet for you. But the point being is, there are some people that want to offer air quotes feedback that is really just an opportunity for them to shit on my. You know what I mean? Like my project. Because people apparently just like to shit on people's stuff. Welcome to it, bruh. And so, (laughs) but my point about that whole thing is, is like, it doesn't matter what No Witness was, all that, because you wanted to do it. You fucking figured it out. You you went and got people. And like, I just don't understand why people need to kick people in the balls for having some initiative and going and... No idea. So, anyways, so but then again, like this, like to your point, like I just felt the desire to create, right? I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something like this to have exactly conversations like this because it's interesting to me. It's nice and raw, and you know, it's like you know what? Don't don't turn the shit off. It's an easy fix, right? If you're not down with it, people are
0: gonna hate though. People (laughs) are gonna hate. I could open a Dairy Queen and they would say that's the worst fucking Dairy Queen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it, it just is, you, I mean, I, I did radio for over 25 years, so I got used to that. Yeah. People are going to take a shit on you, I mean, just for the hell of it. You right. just have to discard it and go, whatever, what the fuck have you done?
1: Right. You know, I tell people, too, it's like, hey, man, maybe you should do a podcast, and then I can listen to yours, and I can maybe get some ideas. Like That's usually kind of our response now. Yeah. It's like, why don't you do one? Um. So anyway, so they went and bought a copy of the movie. And and they it was it they had like a fake
0: viewing party. I'll tell you legally, I cannot talk about. Oh, it because, okay. Because there was a lawsuit. Oh, I got you. And it's been since finished and put to bed. <laughs> right. Um, but it, it it was a pretty low blow, right. For someone who had left the station and was already like out of your world in, at another radio station. Right. It ended up being so much more publicity for our show. <laughs> right. We were kicking their ass. In the ratings. Right. So it's like, I guess that they kind of boomeranged on him. But the specific act, I can't. Oh, I, I got I you. Really all right. Well, that's fair. Can't talk about it. But that was just sort of
1: the thing to me. It's just like, I don't understand that. I don't either. Kicking people just for the sake of just
0: because you got nothing better to do. No, the stories you don't hear about are the people that I go and help. Right. Like, you know, you don't, because and I'm being serious, the, the situation and I love doing shit. On, I mean, I love helping out all kinds of different things. And I don't publicize it because I don't, I don't, and I'm not going to publicize it right here on your major broadcasting (laughs) station. But the point is, those people that know you and know who you are, they appreciate it. And I always go out of my way to say, don't, I mean, don't even, I don't even, I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing. But it's all that other stuff that you get the, you know, you get, we did two movies in a row, raised money, got national, global distribution. And had fun doing it. And that's all that matters. I mean, we had a blast. We made some money. We had fun. And then we moved on. But, man, people will just take a dump on you uh, if you're doing a podcast or a movie or this. I mean, you, you couldn't do anything right. Like, once you're in the public eye, right? you can't do anything right. Unless you're an ass kiss. Like, if you're, like, someone who doesn't offend or have any type of role that's going to offend someone, then you could get by and today it's a lot worse i mean you know it's because you have all of a sudden social media yeah and all the different forms of people can just go in a dark room and get on their keyboard and hide under some you know fake name and internet tough guys man but it's like
1: whatever my grandfather i've said this on the podcast before and he said this when i was 12 years old and it's so prescient today right is it's amazing what people will say when you take away the threat of getting punched in the mouth. Yeah. And so that's just sort of like always his thing because people do. They'll say the most horrible things because they there's no potential consequence. It's it's bullying. Yes. A, a, a di-
0: digital bullying, which you just have to turn your... Just go, whatever. <laughs> I mean, literally go, hey, do your thing, man. Yeah. Like, what, whatever it is, do your thing. I'll do mine, you do yours.
1: Is there... I mean, you guys obviously got to do a lot of cool shit.
0: God, so much that, I mean, we could talk for hours.
1: Is there anything that stands out in your mind as, like, if you could pick one and just be like, wow, that was that was pretty crazy? Oh, man. There are so many. You mean collectively as a show? No, no, just you. Like, oh, anything that was a byproduct of of 99x or like i think of some things of stories you've heard like going to grammy parties
0: or going to i mean there's a handful of them going to dinner at elton john's house was a big one oh
1: i remember that yeah um consequently the only grammy party i've ever went to is because you hooked me up oh really (laughs)
0: yeah i don't remember half the shit that you know that was such a whirlwind it was the
1: wyclef jean one were you at that with me i didn't go with you but you were like let me talk to my guy and see if he can get you a single
0: Yeah, Wyclef,
1: we were in New York,
0: he was on our show, and he and I, all of a sudden, of all people, the whitest guy on the planet, me, (laughs) is like hanging out with Wyclef Jean, and he's like, you should come to my party, and and so he left, he said, I'll leave, it was going to be a very small event with Bono, yeah, Bono was there. And he and Bono <laughs> were putting this thing on at the at the Copa. Yeah. Copa Cabana. Yeah. And we um let me think. He said, I'm gonna leave you on the list. I went. Oh, and Dido wasn't so Dido, I was friends with Dido from when she was a zero nobody playing company. Well, didn't houses. she used to crash at your house when Yay, she was in town? Hey, man, she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and um and she was in New York and had just signed with Arista or something. She was playing at a a venue and asked if I would film her show from the up in the balcony. So I was sitting next to um, the big guy. Wasn't it Al or what? It uh, was the Arista, the, the main big dude. I forgot his name. Oh, not um the main guy. Not, not Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know where I got Al, but I went up, filmed her thing, and I'm like, damn, I got to get to this Wyclef party. Like, like I'm sure Wyclef's waiting for me. And <laughs> so I go and film this thing for Dido and Give her her like the old school camcorder, like give it, give it back. I'm like, I gotta go, cause I'm going to a party with Wyclef. And I get to the place, and there's this like nine foot bouncer, um, and I walk up, and I go, yeah, um, I'm supposed to be meeting Wyclef. And he said, "What's your name?" And I said, "Steve Barnes." And he said, "You ain't on the list." <laughs> and I looked, I was looking, and I'm six four. I mean, I yeah. look, I'm looking up at this guy, and I was like, okay. <laughs> cool and there was a line of people that they were never going to get in i don't know why there was even a line yeah and then here comes a limo Clef gets out walks up and i went clef (laughs) like just like that and he looked over he go he with me and i was like (laughs) word nine foot man and so we went in and there's no one in there it was like a what did you go yeah, no, I was, which is funny that you say that, because I was
1: actually on the list, and I don't know how you did it, but I was like, I was going to be out there anyway, up there anyway, and um, I was like, why don't you see, and you know, back then you were like, I mean, I'll fucking ask, no promises, but
0: I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, know. who cares?
1: Um, And so, somehow, but I was, I think I was
0: already there. Well, so there's no one in the room, barely. Yeah. And then there was this big circular table, and at the table was um, David Blaine, the magician. Yep. His... Um, wife or girlfriend or something, Iman. Oh, jeez. Uh, Bono. Sitting next to Bono was R.E.M.'s manager. Oh, I freaking forget his name. Oh, um, um, Burtis Downs. Burtis Downs. Yeah. I don't know if it was Burtis or, or so, someone. Unless that, it's someone from their firm,
1: but Burtis is the guy that owns a firm.
0: Well, and the funny thing was, so he's sitting next to Bono. We walk in and I went up and whispered in his ear, I said, I'd love to meet Bono, obviously, and oh, by the way, he was on our show last week because Mike Mill's mom basically told him he was going to come on our show. (laughs) So he, from Ireland, he was on for 45 minutes. Oh, my God. And so I I whisper this in his ear, and he whispers to Bono, and then Bono nods his head yes. He goes, oh, yeah. He remembered the whole thing and started talking about the interview, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that was just weird, you know, because... Yeah. I mean, there are not many people that give you the. I just got the chills telling the story that Bono, like, pays attention and like you're talking to him all of a sudden and you're like, oh shit. And he's arguably the biggest rock star in the world. He was unbelievable at this point. I yeah. mean, and even maybe you know, arguably now. Now, yeah. And so we chatted uh, for a few minutes, took pictures, and just you know, chit chat. It's weird. It's like all of a sudden you're like buddies with Bono. Yeah. And he's just shooting the shit about whatever.
1: I was so self conscious. Like, I just basically stood there and watched. Like, I never would approach anyone or whatever. Were you there when it name? got really busy later?
0: Right. Do you remember when, what's his name, We Want the Funk, Uh, was singing oh, on the table? Uh, who? Grandmaster Flash or whoever it was? No. Who was it? He was up on the table doing We Want the Funk. Who does We Want the Funk? Isn't it, isn't it Grandmaster Flash?
1: No, was it? You're talking it's about George Clinton?
0: <sighs> whoever does We Want the Funk was up singing. On a table, and everyone... Bono was on one table, he was on another... George Clinton, I (laughs) think it was. With the colorful dreadlocks? Yeah, that's George Clinton. I think it was. That story, and then the Elton John story is the one people always ask about, which was so random, because it includes John Mayer. So when John Mayer was a doorman... This is a great story. He was a doorman at Eddie's Attic, Yep, and he wanted so badly to be our stunt guy who eventually became Rich Schurtenlieb, he wanted that job so badly because I think he, you know, John's very calculated. He wanted to be close to the music. Yeah. Well, it just wasn't going to happen. There were a lot of politics and things going on, whatever. But he and I were friends. He would come over and we would just, I mean, literally talk about nerdy, like Final Cut Pro video editing, (laughs) play pool, watch football. I mean, it was... Nothing. He'd come over in this ugly ass van. Yep. Big old white freaking bread van. Which caught on fire one night. I can tell you a story about nice. that later. Yeah. And and he um started it started popping with his music stuff. So then Elton, who had come on our show several times and had had me play in a tennis event because Billie Jean King broke her finger, and I got called in to play for her at the um, at Phillips Arena. It was oh, wow. me and Agassi against Sampras and Elton John. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, it was on NBC. <laughs> on the, it was his Elton John what? AIDS Foundation. You and
1: Andre Agassi.
0: I can't. I can't
1: believe you don't know this. No, how so I this is you? how. So
0: this is how I get closer to Elton. So then Elton hears John Mayer music, decides to call me. So I get a phone. Uh, uh, my phone rings and it says Elton John because I had a cell number because he was on our show, and I'm like, holy shit! I was at Publix on Roswell Road. <laughs> I'm walking through, bring, and Elton John, and I'm like, oh my god what's up? And he's like, Bonds, it's Elton. Who's this John Maya? And I was like, oh, it's a buddy of mine. He's a cool guy, actually. He's like, I like his music. See, see if you can come over for dinner Sunday. And I was like, um, me and John? Or do I call John? And I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, no, both of you. And I go, let me see where he is. So I hang up. I'm walking through like, with my cart at and whoever's around me is probably listening to these messages. I mean, to me, go Elton, no, or whatever. And I called John Mayer, and I said, yeah, you know, I had his, got his voicemail, and he said, uh, I, mean, I said, call me. A legend just called and wants you to come to dinner. And I left that as the tease. So I hung up, and then I turned the aisle, and go down, and then he calls back immediately. I'm like, dude, Elton John just called and wants us to go to dinner. And he's like, what? I was like, no shit. That almost sounds like a gag. Like, I think if you called yeah. me, I would think you were trying to I was set screwing me up around. for a bit. Well, <laughs> the only reason I knew that it wasn't a, a scam is because he's known for doing that. He did it with Ed Roland. He brought Ed Roland over um, to dinner at his and house. And for those of you
1: that don't know, he had a place here. He so still it, owns it. Yeah, so it wasn't like come to L.A. And like, park place. He was
0: in his Atlanta yeah, right. house. And, and John lived on Lindbergh at the time. He did. In this little shitty house yeah. right there. So I called with, Matt, with Matt Mangano, the bass player. Oh, live in there too? Yeah. That's a gross little house. Um, and so John said, Yeah, I'm I'm in town Sunday night. I said, Okay, let me call back. So I call back and I get the housekeeper answers. Hello? <laughs> and and it's his uh housekeeper and um and like cook. And she gets him on the phone and I said, Hey, you know, John's here Sunday and he's cool. He's like, Great, see you at eight. And like, <laughs> you know, like it was really fast. And I'm like, okay. And so I call him back and I'm like, okay, just meet me at my house. I don't know if this is gonna be a half hour or five hours. Like, I have no idea what to expect. And why he's inviting me, I have no I guess because I'm the common ground between and I can buffer it. Like all of a sudden I'm interviewed. It was an interview. So I'd always heard about Elton John's house and never had, you know, it's always like, it was a mystery. Like you drive past Park Place and you're like, I wonder what it's like. Right. And so John and I go in the front door and the guy the um the doorman's like, Oh yes, he's expecting you. And we're like, This is fucking strange. Right. Man. Right. And so we get in the elevator and it seems like it's going forever. And then the doors open. Bling. And there's Elton in his like Nike full on um sweatsuit.
1: <laughs> he was rocking a tracksuit. suit.
0: He was in the track suit, and he was out in the elevator lobby, which seemed to be kind of part of his place. It was weird. There was artwork and stuff. I I, I don't it know. It probably was a private elevator, I would imagine. I don't know. It didn't seem like it. Oh, really? But we, So we walk in. It's very awkward. I'm like, hey, Elton, this is John. <laughs> John, this is Elton. And so we walk in, and I'd always heard there's lots of flowers and art. And to say that there was an extravagant floral presentation is a total understatement. I mean, you so thought you it was were like the, the Bellagio. The, you're at the fucking botanical gardens <laughs> in his place. So we walk in and there's this couch that seemed like a mile long and a big, huge coffee table that had like stacks of books and just flowers everywhere. And he's like, you know, have a seat. And he was, you know, he would not drinking. Right. And um, so we're like sitting, And you know, when you go to someone's house and you're sitting like on the edge of the yeah, sofa, like you don't want to touch anything. You don't want to screw it up. Yeah. We're like and so I look over at at John Mayer and I'm like, We're at fucking Elton John's <laughs> living room. And and he's like, No shit, this is so fucking weird. I mean, both <laughs> of, and it's so big that we knew he wasn't right there. So he disappears up some stairs and goes up to the cause he has two. Yeah, I guess he had knocked floors. out one. Yeah,
1: knocked out a ceiling or whatever. Yeah,
0: whatever, you know, the magic space upstairs. He disappeared for like ten minutes, and we're sitting there going, "This is just strange. Like I don't even know what to expect." And then his um, housekeeper—I forget her name—very nice lady comes out, and there he had a um, a small table, like four seats, and we're just sitting there. It was me across from Elton, and John uh, Mayer was sitting on like one of the sides, and he talked till like after midnight, wow. telling stories, and he. At one point, admitted that he had room for squares. John's album on before we got there, but he didn't want to be embarrassed, so he turned it off Jesus. on his like in house system. He told so many stories I could never even remember them all about everyone from like Clapton to I mean he just went on Billy Joel. I mean, and, and Elton drops a lot of f bombs. Oh mean, he, yeah, he cusses a, surprise, a lot. Man. But it was it was strange, and we like after midnight we go downstairs, getting my head to alley at the time. And just look at each other, uh, John and I was like, unreal. Like, and we and we can't even really tell that story. What am I gonna go to work and go? What'd you do last night? <laughs> and, and no one's gonna believe it. But it was um, years later, John, when he won his first Grammy, came on our show and told the story. But that it had never been told before. But it was it was surreal. I mean, it was something. It, it would be a top five, like, experience to answer your question in a long form way. But it, but that. The story was insane
1: that's kind of how i feel right now what talking to you yeah the way you felt talking to elton john just like it (laughs)
0: dick Um, now you're a dick
1: yeah i know i'm trying to play the role i'm just gonna embrace it um
0: (laughs) you can make some money
1: yeah (laughs) i think you have to have a little talent which maybe i'm (laughs) lacking but uh yeah it's that's one of the things i tell people all the time that is you know I clearly don't have anything that epic, but um, I have some pretty epic. That's one of the great things about being around that
0: world is that... Epic from being around something or something that happened to you?
1: No, something happened to me, but because of I was associated. You know, like I got to spend some time with Dave Grohl once. At Big Day Out, actually remember when it was at the International Horse Park.
0: Gosh, yes. That was the worst year, I thought. It
1: rained. It was like yeah. a mud pit. It was awful. But, um, you know, out back, Memory Dean played it, and so we were there. And, of course... <laughs> We were the first band out, so we sound-checked at like 2 a.m. I can't remember, like for the show the next, I can't remember. We seriously sound-checked at like 9.30 in the morning because we went first and everyone else sound-checked. The thing started at like 1 in the afternoon. And um, two of my best stories came from that because we sound-checked right before Ziggy Marley um, and the Whalers, And there was a tent in the back that was set up that was like the artist area. And it was just a roped, you know, because if you remember, all the people were out front and then behind the stage, it was in the middle of like the horse arena, all the buses were back there and they had this it was just a huge covered tent and they had couches and drinks and you know stuff where the you know if you were a, the only the bands could have Was there smoke everywhere? Well no so I I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So I was sitting there and there were Atlanta Journals everywhere. Atlanta um, what? Atlanta Journal Constitutions
0: like newspapers. Oh, newspapers. Physical. Yeah. What are those? I
1: know. So they were just scattered around, you know, so you just pick it up by the stack of k- singles, And yeah exactly. And as I mentioned to you, you know, I'm a child of of that era you know nirvana i mean that was my stuff right that sort of got set me off that on that road Mm -hmm. of loving music and eventually playing music and all that and i'm sitting there reading the paper and you know when you're on a big couch and you feel someone sit like in a waiting room or something and you don't couch kind of and you don't want to make eye contact because you're like who is this fucking person that's you know what i mean like you don't want to and um Interestingly, the night before that show, Alanis Morissette had played at like Phillips, or I don't know if it was Phillips at the time, but I don't think
0: it was Phillips yet.
1: She'd done an arena, some, maybe the Omni, maybe, or I don't know, but she played somewhere in town in a big room, and she was on the cover of the living section of the newspaper because someone had taken a shot of her on stage. Isn't it ironic? (laughs) Yeah. So she had pigtails, right? You know, she would occasionally do whatever. So Dave Grohl, she's a sweetheart, by the way. um, I've heard, I've never met her, but I've heard she's great. So I sit down and I look, just because I want to see, and I'm like, holy shit! Dave Grohl, wow, is sitting next to me because the Foo Fighters were the big headliner.
0: Yeah, he's a talented mofo,
1: and not only that, he's he's so he's such a good, cool, and now I can say because so. Now I'm doing that thing where I'm trying to look at him without looking like I'm staring at him because I'm totally fangirling at that moment, right? Like Now I'm like Nirvana drummer, Foo Fighters lead man, a huge part of my musical life and whatever is sitting 10 inches from me on a two-seater couch (laughs) at the Georgia International Horse Park. Of all places. And I'm looking at the paper and there were some papers kind of in the middle. And I was, you know, and I knew he knew I mean, he's Dave Grohl. Clearly he's dealt with this before Like somebody trying to not seem like They're freaking out that they're next to Dave Grohl And uh, He grabs the living section of the paper And at the time he had long hair And would occasionally tie it into ponytails And it was at the time And he taps me on the shoulder And like I look at him And he holds the newspaper up next to his face And he goes, you ever wonder why you don't see me And Alanis Morissette at the same place at the same time (laughs) (laughs) And then he proceeds to be like, what's your name? Why are you here? And then I told him I was with one of the bands. And then like for 15 minutes, he's just asking me questions about Memory Dean and about me. complete like. But whether he was or wasn't, doing a, nice a great guy. job of seeming like he's legitimately interested. And then he says, what time do y'all play? I'm going to check out you all set. And I'm just like, okay, we're playing it. Whatever the earliest starting time yeah. is, 10 minutes before that, um, we're the first band off. And um, it seriously was like 1 30 in the afternoon yeah. or
0: something. And it's rainy.
1: Yeah. We're up on stage. You know, we're up there. I look across to other side stage. Dave Grohl. Watch the whole set. Wow. And I'm just like, and I've never seen That's him again anywhere. But like, whatever. But after Dave leaves, we were sound checking before and we met the Ziggy Marley guys. Because you would, in those things, it's all the gears all stacked up and you sound check and then they blind check you and move and they line check you and move and... All the gears, you know, and so we kind of crossed the Ziggy Marley guys because they played after us, you know. Therefore, they sound checked after us. And I met a couple of those guys when we were just hanging out, waiting for crews to move stuff around and all that after we got done, and they were getting started. And they were like, "What?" Do, you know, I saw some of the guys, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm just hanging out." They're like, oh, "Are you going to your bus?" I was like, "Dude, we don't have <laughs> <laughs> your bus." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, I was like, you see that purple van right there and that twelve foot Wells cargo trailer?" We live here and you know we're new. We just got signed or whatever to Capricorn or you know, and they were like, Oh, come hang on the bus. And so, no shit, cheech and chong movie. The bus door opens and just a plume, a plume of smoke comes out. And I go on the bus. Do you remember in Revenge of the Nerds, where Booger says, Hey guys, I know what this party needs. Wonder wonder joints. And he pulls out it's like a cigar. It was that. And those things were green, like the color of AstroTurf. And they passed me that thing. And I'm not kidding. I hit that thing one time. I was high for three and a half hours. You can't hang with the Marlies. No. And like <laughs> I, all I'm going to tell you is if you're ever in a circumstance where any one of the whalers offers you a joint, don't do it. Be prepared <laughs> for
0: lasting impression. <laughs> so. That's and hysterical. then
1: one time some label guys actually took me to meet Willie Nelson at the Four Seasons. Well, that's a
0: given. There's going to be pot probably hanging off the walls. Um,
1: but that's huge because he's a legend and I'm a fan. And so that was actually really awesome. But he was sitting there with Trigger. So you know Trigger is the guitar with the hole in it because he's played it so much. Is he in his
0: 80s now? Yeah.
1: And he'll probably live forever because he's, yeah, you know, preserved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are the three like sort of legendary moments, I, and two of them involve me smoking pot with people. Nice. And I'm not even really a pot guy. It's just like if Willie Nelson or a whaler offers you a joint, you almost don't have a choice.
0: Yeah, those are two that you pretty <laughs> much yeah given.
1: The other thing too, and I don't, I know you probably got tons of stuff. I appreciate you coming to do it, but I wanted to. So one of the things that I've always so now. So after all this, if I get it right, I remember actually when you told me because I saw some video, you're like, "Hey, check this out!" And I want to say that you had gone down to Piedmont Park and were playing with a little drone, like a little Phantom, like right when they came out. You went, you had gotten a drone, and it I, was Chastain Park. Chast- that's what I'm Chastain Park. Yeah. And then after like that, you ago. went and did a straight up and down of a building, which I think you were just like messing with it. I think you were just doing it for fun, right? Like you were. I was testing
0: the- it to see because at that time the batteries would only last about five minutes.
1: Yeah, so, and you were like, hey, have you seen these drone things? And that was on the way front. I mean, I'd heard it was about it. Four them. years ago. I didn't know anybody that had one. And you, and at some point you said, "We, I think we had come over for dinner and you're like, look at this. And you showed me this video you did of these aerials, basically, these exteriors of this building. And now it's like <laughs> you've turned that into what you're doing now, which is you've got a company that's doing this drone footage, right?
0: Yeah, it's not it's not really just drone footage. I mean, I know you it's, do more now, but I mean Yeah, yeah I mean it's I'm it's, oversimplifying. I've always had my company, Barnes Creative Studios, even back in the 99x mm-hmm. days. Um but yeah, we do like movie trailers for luxury travel, but also we like when they're selling like say a big huge property, we shoot the the marketing piece and we use drones for a lot of it. But they're like really high-end drones with, you know, expensive cameras dangling off of it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the the storytelling part of it, which goes all the way back to, like, radio, is, you know, knowing how to tell a story and how to put that on camera or on, you know. So that, that's been part of, I think, helping the success of it, is, is knowing how to do that. Knowing how to merge marketing and technology for a brand. I mean, to you know, to move them forward with whatever their mission is. Because usually, usually they don't know what they want. They just say, we have this. We've seen what you've done with other. And we shoot for Starwood and Four Seasons and Viceroy. So it's always, you know, people get pissed off about pictures in like your Facebook stream. Where am I supposed to put the pictures? <laughs> I mean, that if you're somewhere, I'm just posting pictures of where I am. I can't help it. I'm working.
1: Yeah. So at one point, too, when you were early on, I think, didn't you shoot some flyovers at Doral?
0: Yeah, no, we we shot Trump um did the you, Blue Monster. D-
1: yeah, did you meet him?
0: He arrived. I did not meet him, but man, he came around and was like screaming at people. We were filming <laughs> each hole, and he his helipad, it's like at I want to say between nine and ten on the Blue Monster. And we were on like eight filming and all of a sudden, here comes this $15 million helicopter, <laughs> and it's Trump. Gets off. A golf cart comes over and gets him. This was like two years ago. And he goes into the clubhouse, and everyone just freezes. And he comes up. He's just yelling at everybody in the path. Oh, my God. Who the fuck put this glass? Who the f- I mean, just literally. <laughs> like a big sheet of glass was leaning up outside the restaurant. Oh, my God. And he was just laying into somebody and made it stand there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then he disappeared to go. I don't know what he was doing, but we started talking to his pilots, who were nice as could be. They're like, "You want to see in the copter?" We're like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so we like, you know, we looked in. It looked like it's unreal. Yeah, it's like luxury, like oh leather my gosh leather. Yeah, it's like a it's like a private plane, It's like but a, it's a big helicopter. army. Yeah, like an army plane that's luxuryized. He was just getting ready for Marine One. Having yeah, that, it's fun. I have a a really fun time doing because it's always different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've told you this in private, but I'll say it now in public for all the 10 people, the dozen listener army. Well, it was eight
0: earlier, so now we're up to 10, which
1: is great. Yeah, but that's just from your name recognition. It's nothing for me. Um, One thing about you that has always been true, which I actually really admire, is uh, if you decide you're going to do something, like, you're going to do it. Which is, I think people don't have enough. I mean, that's one of the things about the podcast.
0: It's like, you just need to man up and go do it. Just do it. I mean, I know it's the Nike slogan, but ever since I was a kid, though, I mean, I decided when I was 13 or 14 that I thought radio was cool. Yeah. And just decided that I was going to do it and found a way to, to do it. I mean, you can't, I have a lot of friends that, that say it's it, they would like to not work for the man. And I won't list them in case you have more than 10 people. I don't want to get anyone fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I always say, you know what? Do it. I mean, do it. Like, whatever you want to do, just you can't have fear of failing because you're going to figure it out. You're not going to. I mean, that's just how we're wired, unless you're a complete loser. And yeah. you just, like, bottom out. But, I mean, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, but a lot of the things, too, though, I think it is. You, which is also something that I really admire. And I thought about you, you know, because like when I started doing this, there were some just some basic knowledge hurdles i had to get over right like i mean i knew my way around a mixing board from the music days but i've never edited anything i don't right. know how a digital i don't you know i, I don't i never i've seen Vox pro like twice in my life you know before right. all this which is
0: know. a radio station editing thing
1: you know and so i'm like you know what so i just started randomly recording things and editing it and try to cut stuff around and just i mean like
0: but what's funny is you know like 10 people who could have helped you in like five minutes no i know that <laughs> but I, but at I think, least get a base
1: yeah but you know the funny thing there though is just like well let me just see what i can do doing my own and then if i need to go because it wasn't like i you know was like not feeding my kids because i was doing that it was just i was sitting downstairs watching tv you know or whatever you have
0: kids i didn't know you no
1: no kids (laughs) the dogs is what i meant the fur kids um but you know the other thing that comes along with like the things you've done is you you i mean i think you're like me that you're a tech guy like you like technology love it and but you know you teach you know it's like drones you know these are cool i'm gonna learn how to do it and you learn how to do it so well that these m- big, huge companies will pay you a good chunk of money to come and write and, like, ply your... I, I
0: don't know, man. I just think... Yeah, I, just I mean, dip- that, the, the dr- anyone can fly a drone. You No. Honestly. No, but but it's, they can't. But not everyone can <laughs> can make a shot and make it look, you know, good. That That's the difference is... But I've got... Over twenty years experience doing the other stuff, so the drone stuff is not. I mean, everyone there are drones everywhere. I appreciate you're downplaying it, but not. I'm not every, downplaying not it. Everyone can s- fly. Seriously, a drone. if I put it in your hand and said, "Do this, do this," <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, there are times it's scary. There've been islands we're in the middle of nowhere, and that shit is. Da- I mean, going getting blown sideways in the wind, where I'm thinking, "Okay, there goes twenty thousand dollars in a minute." Uh, Sp- bought a fifty. 50- Sp- 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 Dude, they're just getting. They, they g- bought a uh, New
1: Year's but decided they wanted to do drones bought one went out on a cruise ship and oh, the that's first
0: the worst place the go.
1: first drone their first fifteen hour drone that they ever had in that scenario was off the deck for two minutes and it's gone yeah. <laughs> well the only problem with that
0: is the freaking anchor is gps and so you're fucked <laughs> if you try and raise it i would never raise a drone off a cruise ship or yeah. even near it because literally the anchors are gps I have cruise ship clients, and and there are that's how the thing they program it in to stay locked on a coordinate, and so they're emitting so much GPS. Oh, I
1: got you. It, th- it throws that, off the that
0: your system is gonna go bonkers, and all of a sudden you're, it's what's called a flyaway, where it just fucking maybe it's going down, it may go you know just straight into the water, <laughs> or it may just fly away from you and just keep on going. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that happens. Uh, but then, but seriously you you could I mean anyone could fly a drone and you, they're everywhere now yeah I mean, no. but you know the big industrial ones I, I love doing it yeah
1: but it but then but then just do it as a second page. It's like you know what I could probably make a business out of this
0: it was just a, it was an enhancement to what I was already doing though I was already doing content I was already doing so that was like a piece I thought was a sexy piece that could really pop with hospitality because we had done high-rise. And all helicopter footage.
1: Are you referring to my acting debut? Oh yeah,
0: that's right. You did have a debut. You
1: gave me a part.
0: I forgot about you sexy that. Sexy bastard. What did you play?
1: I played the um the front desk guy at the hotel. Oh, that's right. And that's uh, funny, I forgot about that. That's one of my funner. Like that was awesome.
0: Like yeah. You know? But that had drones been around then, it would have been great. We shot it at Terminus, and and we used helicopters for everything. Oh. And so it's not. I mean, the helicopter shots are so much bigger in scale but drone stuff man you can just if you can if you can fly it well and construct a shot you can get some really cool looking stuff but yeah it's it's, it's a fun business
1: yeah i mean but you know like i said i just think that you know I, I and maybe it's a function of age you know that where i'm at in my life and all that sort of stuff but it's kind of like
0: to well your, to it,
1: your point it's like go like just if you want to do something totally. just try to do it
0: and 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 if we ever have this again i may have a story to tell you which i told you off uh, that includes drones right. that could be epic, and, <laughs> and and I and I in many ways yeah I I can't say what it is but it it's in the process and and it's something that a year ago if you would have said you could do that I would have been like there's no way
1: yeah we I mean I definitely want you to come back I mean I I, pre- I really appreciate you doing this I mean I think people are gonna you know again I I you're you're such an interesting figure in my life because. You know, you've been in it in some form or fashion, which is wild. As a voice on the radio that was such a huge part of my adolescence, um, my first exposure by handing me a cassette single, um, <laughs> wherever we were for that thing downtown somewhere, to me getting to watch what you do when I was trying to learn that business, to introducing me to my wife, and now we're friends. That's insane. And, but it's just nuts. you know, and I'm I'm appreciative of that relationship, and you know, it's. Well, I'm um, glad
0: you're doing it. I mean, it's a great outlet for you. To, I mean, I know you've always had interest in all of it. I mean, because you've been around it so long, so it's cool that you get to you know call on people that you've met over the years and and have them sit down or Skype on or whatever, and just have fun with it because you don't know where it's going to lead, you know.
1: Yeah, and and again, I think there's a your
0: ratings are going to dip though when Furfur finally <laughs> comes on because that's going to be like the. Yeah, she's gonna take over. It's gonna become the Furfur show.
1: Uh, that you know what I'm. You almost, ever shared a mic with that woman? I'm almost no. <laughs> <laughs> Where will, will she answer her phone right now? If I call her, um, if she's near it, I think they might. She's be in a, Miami. Let's just plane. see yeah. real quick if because
0: uh, we're live and we have no, we have no. Uh, well, let's see. I'm gonna put her on speaker. What do you think the odds are she's gonna answer? Um,
1: well, it depends. She might be on a plane.
0: Oh, right now? Well, 10 they had o'clock? to. They had to fly to DC. I reached yeah. Please leave a message. <laughs> there we go. Allow. at the tone please
1: record your message when you finish recording you may hang up or press one for more options
0: Uh for first larry at cnn uh you to be in about 2 30 we're going back to like morning x days we're live on the sean too much information podcast and we're talking about you bye <laughs> so she's gonna she's gonna i'm sure call you and be like what what's going on yeah um
1: well I'm going to go ahead and tease it right now um, Come hell or high water I'm going to see if I can't get Barnes and Furfer 2.0 One of these episodes I
0: bet you can make it happen
1: um, At least one of them I'm talking about you Talking about yeah.
0: to- <laughs> Furfer and I never get in the same room But yeah, No
1: she's, she's awesome Yeah she re- is I mean that's just I mean it's But I, I'm looking forward to You know But oh What I was going to say earlier um, Man, you are a scatterbrain. I'm totally scatter. You got to work
0: on that. No, I that's your only tip. It is what
1: it is. Um, You're like, but but wait, there was a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go. You know what? The funny thing is, is a lot of that stuff I'll just edit it out later, so they uh, sound like completely co- like cogent thoughts. Part of this too is actually just the recording of stories, right? And just having those things on demand because I find myself trying to remember stories that I talked to about with people and. Some of these things, you know, with friends and I talk to people that I know, I just get things. I'm like, God, I wish I had that. I just had it, you know, and, and I'm putting it out there for people to listen to. But my main driver is a lot of this is just half for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember half the things you brought up until you brought it up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because, I mean, so much <laughs> stuff happened over those years that you just don't remember.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you don't. But again, um, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. I could talk. To, I could ask you a thousand more things. It was just there's so much. Like you said, there was so much that happened over the last, you know, that time. And then, you know, we didn't even get into like personal, funny stuff that's gone on over the years. What mean, but whatever
0: you got, man, I, I ain't afraid. Of no question.
1: <laughs> well, uh, come back at some I'll point. Do it. Um. So your uh Twitter is
0: S Barnes.
1: Yeah, at S Barnes. Yep, yeah, B A R N E S. Um, um and you're very active on the social medias um uh, only on twitter
0: I, I keep instagram private because i i use it for like kind of like you do for your podcast like family pics yeah, and yeah, just yeah. stuff like that and facebook I, once i left the radio i kind of flushed all that out yeah. because i mean there's i keep that pretty private i mean there's just no point point. in i mean i have i mean i stripped it down to like 300 and something It makes my life So much better
1: Yeah Twitter is more The like Just throw it out there and let's I love what, Twitter Yeah I'm on Twitter all
0: the time Yeah So I Absolutely love it
1: So at S. Barnes um, If you have a massive property That you're trying to sell <laughs> And you need to get yeah. um, And you need to get video um, or And uh, tell a video story about it He's your guy You need to get Call me because I'm gonna ask him for a referral fee.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, no kidding. I'm surprised you haven't gotten Clutch yet. Have you saw me talking about that? It's out of my price range, dude. Oh, dude, did you? You showed up at a new BMW tonight.
1: Yeah. You want to talk about that? My car, my payment on that is three hundred ninety eight dollars a month.
0: How is it so low?
1: Because it's used, and I got it oh, for
0: because they had paper tags. I thought you were streeting, man. I thought you were just right out the dealership.
1: I was at the dealership on Saturday, but that car is pre drove.
0: <laughs> well, well, Clutch. If you haven't heard of Clutch. And, and they asked me to be an, an influencer, which means I, I I give people a code, and they don't have to pay the 250 bucks to get in. But it's something that I just found it. Well, tell my, people what it is. On my own. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's a luxury car. Uh, it's a luxury garage at your disposal 24-7, and you have an app, and you just hit a button, and you say, I want a date night car. I want a fun car. I want whatever you want, from Tesla to Porsche to audi to bmw i8 i mean i mean all kinds of stuff and they have three levels there's a 1400 level there's a 900 this is monthly yeah monthly but that includes insurance 900 and a 750 they're killing it they, i mean so just, how long do you get the car as long as you want it could be an hour it could be a week it could be a month when you get tired of it you hit the button and a concierge brings you a new one, and it smells like it's just right off the showroom. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And these are like loaded versions of the car. These aren't like the stripped. I mean, I'm talking like heated steering wheels, bruh. I <laughs> mean, this is not like this is not like bring me your freaking um, grandma car. Well, what it's, do you got? The Cayenne? Is that what you're in right, right now? Right now, yeah, Porsche yeah. Cayenne. Which I love. I love the that's cockpit. That's a cool car. I've got my kids. I mean, that that's the thing. Is they're so smart. I've got my kids this weekend, so I get a car that I can throw all their shit in. You know. Um, but it's it's an amazing service. Like, you, I sold my car the minute I heard about it because when I'm out of town, I just tell them pick it up and I don't have a car payment. You can freeze the membership, you pay like 200 bucks or something, and you can freeze for however long you want. So, like, you put on your Amex or whatever, you get the miles, right. Barnesology is in effect, <laughs> and then you come back to town, you go, hmm give me something fun and then you don't get to pick exactly what but you know what's in that category you'll get like an audi a5 like an audi convertible or get a bmw whatever a tesla it's cool man it's clutch drive a uh, drive clutch is i think at drive clutch is there and it's drive clutch.com i think so
1: um yeah i checked it out i mean i just think that uh sick and you know i know people though that are like that like they just like different cars like people that do it. leases for two years because they yeah. just want to drive something different it seems like this is perfect for yeah. someone
0: like that because you can drive it based on your mood or occasion right so when my kids are back home with their mom i'll hit the button and i'll go right to that fun button and if i don't have to haul anything around or whatever bring me something small and fun it's pretty awesome like what tech is
1: like things that are there's another oh, thing that i found rec- recently that's super awesome is um have you heard of fetch no okay so you know the old days if you needed to move something and it was the whole thing if you wanted a u-haul it's a four-hour or five-hour minimum it's gonna you're gonna be three yeah. or four hundred bucks out the door like no matter what it's a pain in the ass so fetch they have a few locations around town i think they're pretty strategic our closest it's one it's not an app it's a brick and mortar no wait a second so, it is an app. But oh. their closest location I think is up it's up in Marietta and from where we're at right now is not far. It's 7-8 miles up the road. So, it's an app and they have a bunch of different kinds of cargo trucks. You know, we had we bought my neighbor got a shuffleboard table and he had to go pick it up for his basement. Isn't
0: ludicrous doing an ad for something I don't like know, I've never
1: seen the ads. The only time I've seen it is this, but you go to the app a radio ad. You set your account up with your credit card or whatever. You go to the you drive your car to the fetch place. Right. Mm-hmm. They tell you what, what spot number you need to go to based on your needs. So he got a one of those lengthy cargo vans with no seats in the back, just seats up front long enough to hold a thing. Walk over to it. Let him know when you get there. It unlocks over the air. Keys are in it. Leave your car at the station. It's $40 an hour. There's really? no minimum. It's just on real time. You don't have to put gas in it. You don't have to do anything. It's nuts! You drive to where. So we went and picked up the shuffleboard table, drove it back to his and house. We unloaded it, drove it back, put the keys in it, locked the door, let the app know that you're that the car is back, and you're you're gone. He had Oop. the thing for an hour and fifteen minutes.
0: Uber's doing that for freight now. It's just crazy, a bigger scale of that.
1: But it's such a good idea, and no humans, which I love.
0: watch out you're a dick (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uber's doing that for like semis like dudes with semis that are sitting around hey we need to haul this from
1: here to there and it's like we don't have anything to do so we'll take it apparently
0: and now did you see where delta just did a deal with lyft they're trying to murder uber and now (laughs) you can get miles based on your lyft Drive. Really? That just came out. I just got the email today from Delta. Well, I thought
1: Uber Eats was the greatest idea ever, just because it's like people that are sitting around. I saw McDonald's
0: on Uber Eats today.
1: <sighs> That's kind of bad if you're having people bring McDonald's to your house. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, literally, this goes back to your Marley people. I'm sure the Marleys had that on speed dial. Yo, man. Mm, bring me some McDonald's. It's like, why wouldn't you just get a pizza
1: I at that know. point? That's sort of how I feel about
0: then, the whole thing. Yeah. Seeing McDonald's on Uber Eats kind of kills it. In L.A., Uber Eats has every restaurant you can imagine. Here, it's the same old ones. In Atlanta, every time, it's the same. It's like the same six. And the, you see the same dish every time I pull it up. Well, we actually out here have
1: some non-chainy ones for this area. You know, like there's some Binding's local restaurants. That, that are uh, on there? Yeah. That's um, good. You definitely still get like the, um, you know, Shane's Rib Shack and, you know, those kind of spots. They're still open? Yeah. Oh, dude, that big dad sandwich.
0: I'm surprised. I thought oh, they left Buckhead. I just thought they left. I'll kill that thing.
1: <laughs> you got it, man, that's a you gotta admit though, that's a little bit more of a suburbs kind of restaurant. You're in the you're in the suburbs, brother. You're out here where the the less the less than desirable It does <laughs> take me a half
0: hour to get here. Um, it, my favorite restaurant right now is Gusto. Oh on uh, Peachtree and they have one on Ponce.
1: Wait, who's it? Wait, what was the post you had the other day about? Was it Nate Hibble? Hibble.
0: Nate Hibble, Hibble? the Is old Oklahoma name? quarterback. He's a yeah. friend of mine, sadly. <laughs> Boomer sooner. Um, he's a good dude.
1: Wait, does he own one of those or Yeah, something? he owns all of them. Oh, he created it
0: in his kitchen. Oh, that's cool. He left Oklahoma like in, I don't know, early 2000s, went to the NFL. Jumped, I think it was with Cleveland and Jacksonville briefly. And then um, created all these gustos. And I can't get enough of eating at that place. It's freaking amazing. It's like rice. You get either rice, flatbread, or uh, salad, and then you pick either your protein, so chicken, shrimp, or portobello mushroom. And then he's got these like nine or 10 sauces that are gustos, and you just tell him which one you want. Like really good ones, like really, um, like there's a pineapple jerk something. Avocado and pineapple and it's hot as hell. I mean there's it's just great. So is it just like a bowl or yeah? Is it it can't it's a bowl, a salad, or a rice bowl, or a flatbread. So like a, oh, okay. a wrap. It's in that old Mama Foos place on um right across from Piedmont Hospital. Oh. It's in that spot. It's so That's good, close man. to my work. I, to go You're I thought you were on North Root Hill. Yeah. You can shoot. No, I through.
1: go Beaufort Highway until it hits Peachtree. It's right there. Oh, right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's I, not that far. I take that flight like a couple times a week at least.
1: Um, we'll have to meet over there for lunch. Yeah. Um, I mean you work
0: like a stone's throw from my house.
1: Um oh I know. I dri- when I take when I go local, because I don't want to get on the I drive by your right Cut by your house it. every afternoon. That's funny. Um the because uh, Havana Sandwich Shop we've met for lunch, which is literally right. Love that, my and office.
0: that it's back now, which is yeah. awesome.
1: Um but then my jam right now is have you been to Bell Street Burrito?
0: Love. Jeez it's right please. from down from Gusto. Yeah. Yeah. That place and is and there's three pokey stops. So that is <laughs> a
1: prime. Dude, you and your pokey points, how do you
0: Pokemon, man? How do you My kids got me on it and then they vacated? This is stupid, Dad. I'm like, actually no, it's fun. I never And you know it's I'll play so Xbox indicting. and PS4 with the best of them. My but- wife and I pathetically both play Pokemon. <laughs> both my daughters have left it behind and they make fun of us nonstop.
1: Well, they're gonna probably make fun of you no matter
0: what. Yeah, but they're they're like that's so stupid. I'm like I'm level thirty <laughs> four. Child.
1: Wait, how old are your kids now?
0: Fifteen and uh, twelve. Fifteen. I know it's crazy.
1: How is that? Po- Learners, we done that yet?
0: Yeah, she's she's driving. Does that freak you out? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily she doesn't get to drive my car because I have a clutch car.
1: Wait for all you people that are, that don't know Steve. Or Barnes, because most people don't even probably know You still call me Barnes. Yeah, that's Steve. Yeah. I think I do, too. I don't ever call you. Steve. But I, I just, I'm, I'm used to hearing that. Um, That's like Furfer. Nobody calls yeah. her Holly. Um,
0: I take credit for that one. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I even call her Furfer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, can you think about, for those of you that listen to this that don't know Barnes, but listen, like, can you imagine if, because Maddie's the oldest, right? Yeah. So can you imagine the poor bastard that has to come pick her up <laughs> at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like can't. for
1: homecoming dance or something like that. Like God, that's just gonna be
0: <laughs> dread. That. No. Has that Has the
1: boys' thing started yet?
0: Not yet. Thankfully, I'm sure it's get ready, son. She's pretty. Court. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's gonna be fun. But no, that the the Pokemon stuff is insanely fun, and I'm shocked that you're not a part of it. No, I am. Um... Here's get you one. a snorlax there, big boy. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I know, Can you I take said.
1: penicillin for that?
0: Yeah. You, you <laughs> need to just understand the game. But here's I'll
1: tell you the honest truth though, and this is the reason why those kind of things You've got I, the addictive personality. Dude, for that's it. the thing. If I start. This is my problem with like the shooters and stuff, like Call of Duty and those kinds of games. Like once I get it in my head and that I want to play, it will I mean I could
0: get myself divorced. Yeah. Well, luckily my wife plays too. Which solves, problem solved. Furfur's a candy crusher. Is she? Yes. You know how you know a Pokemon player? This is very easy in the wild to know. <laughs> Look for someone who's got their cord. Who's got their cord with a power pack in their pocket. <laughs> that's that's how you know. Because you need
1: extra juice because you're always. Uh, yes. I can see how, though, it would be actually a pretty thing because this it's, it's very, it's all over the place, right? So man, it's you travel so much. Stuff's coming. All of that. But I mean that's what I'm saying. So for you, like when you go into new cities and stuff, like it's something you can do when you're there, right? Well and you
0: get yeah, and you get rare Pokemon that are like there's some that are just in the Caribbean, a Heracross. (laughs) And you get, you know, like and you go to France, you get a Mr. Meme Like, the, you know, listen, I know this shit. God look, God. you got a Natu right outside your window. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm showing you right now. He's in your room, dude. You should be concerned. Look, you got a Natu. Did you grab him? Look, I'm, I'm going to show you how to grab him. But you can turn the augmented Wait, reality I off.
1: Have, I pay pest control. Why is he in my house? You just flick a ball
0: and you hit it. And then that that's not an exotic one. That's just like a. A bullshit one but you got to get him to get points so you're saying that my house look he broke free sean look he just he fled <laughs> so i did not oh but there's a weedle I'm so gonna, no i'm sorry a caterpillar
1: so, <laughs> so you're so, so you're <laughs> telling me that only the dog shit pokemon hang out at my house
0: yeah because you're not the, usually the good ones are like places like the botanical garden the places where there's a lot, there's a lot of people i don't know what makes them but ca- i caught him feel safe you can sleep well tonight <laughs> I just caught that and got hundred and sixty x p <laughs> you're gonna get a good night's rest. I mean it's actually nice to see you nerd out about this a little bit, dude. I've always liked shit like that i don't I mean, I will leave here and I will take the route home that has more pokey stops because <laughs> pokey players know that route <laughs> so one so just don't kill anyone no i don't i don't <laughs> no you don't play when you're driving, you go to where these places are. Yeah, no, I wouldn't play driving. Of course not. Don't pokey and drive. No, don't. There's nothing you can really do driving because you They cut the game off with speed. You uh, laugh. I'm just telling you, I'm educating you on. Oh, the Oh, so they've
1: teched around this so people don't oh, yeah. kill each other.
0: If you go over like 10 miles an hour, it just doesn't do anything.
1: Stuff disappears off the screen. Oh, I thought I was fancy because I have a thing now. If you text me while I'm driving, it says I'm I driving got right that. now. Yeah, I got it from you earlier. Which has actually got nothing to do
0: with me driving. It's just, it's a great way for me to not yeah, have to respond to Blow to text. people off. <laughs> but, but you watch the technology movement with all the artificial intelligence that's coming, in the next wave for marketing is, is using a lot of the same technology that Pokemon Go uses.
1: Well, there's so, yeah, I mean, there's obviously reams of data. I mean, obviously, you know, I had a co- an app company around sports, and yep. sports was not the play. The play was to be able to capture all this watching, Data, data, data. Information and what people were following, teams-wise, and with who their cable provider was, and stuff. People will pay big money for. Yep. But see, we just need to have what you and I should have a tech podcast. That's what we ought to do. Set it up (laughs) (laughs) and phone in from wherever I am. The Caribbean has bad signal, but otherwise, I now I now actually have two where I can do phone. I don't even have to do Skype. I can get you on your phone. Nice. So I'm trying to take. Tell me when you're ready. All those old people. We got. I've got another completely different subset but also radio legend coming up on the next episode. Who? Vicky Locke. Nice. So I can't wait to hear it. I got all kinds of Stephen Vicky questions. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a housewife between the ages of 24 and, you know, 48 though, so it wasn't exactly in my sweet spot.
0: It's um, too bad we can't tell all the stories that we really can't tell. Like there's so many Yeah. You know that you just can't. Yeah, no you're right. I but it. I would love to. I have some fur fur stories. Oh, that would just—I probably blow don't want to know. Mind.
1: I probably don't want to know. Probably not. All right, Thank dude. You. All right, man. Thank you. I'm out. I've, um, got, to, I've got to go catch a snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, s at s Barnes on Twitter. I am uh, at Sean, S-H-A-W-N-A-T-L on the Twitters. Obviously, this is on T-E-M-I-Pod.com and now available on iTunes. So for all you Apple folks, you can go rate, review, subscribe, as they say in the biz. They're going to trash you because you're a dick. I'm fine with that. I'm okay. Like you said, you just got to embrace it. But um, thanks, everybody, for sticking around. Um, We'll be back again in a week or so. Uh, Until next time, press on.